You're on EducateForLife.com radio with Kevin Conover. And if you listen long enough, your faith will become... I'm tired of being conned. Don't worry. The con is over, Shay. We're now at DEFCON 1. Did you say carnivore or carnivore? Would you like to have a conversation with Kevin? Then call 800-243-9719. And now, here's your host, Kevin Conover. Bring your tide and bring your shame. Bring your guilt and bring your pain. Don't you know that's not your name? You will always be much more to me. Welcome to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover, and my website is educateforlife.org. We are live today. If you have any comments or questions, you want to call in. I've got some experts on the radio today. If you want to call in and engage in conversation, get some answers to some of the questions you might have about God and science, you can call in at 866-577-2473. That's 866 577 2473. If you didn't know, I'm running for Grossmont Union School Board, and uh, I'm uh, very excited about this. I believe that we need to have more of a uh, Christian conservative, uh, pro-family, God-fearing attitude on the school board. I think that's very important. And uh, I've currently got about 60% of my costs covered, but I still need about an additional $4,000. If you think it's important to have pro-family, God-fearing school board members, Uh, on the school boards in San Diego County, please consider contributing to my campaign. You can do that at kevinconover.com. That's C-O-N-O-V-E-R.com. My guests today are all the way from Texas. Uh, Dr. Jason Lyle, he graduated summa cum laude. Uh, did, I, did I pronounce that correctly? Close enough. I close, never close had Latin, actually. Yeah, okay. so. <laughs> <laughs> he graduated from Ohio Wesleyan University, where he double majored in physics and astronomy. He minored in mathematics. He earned a master's degree and a Ph.D. in astrophysics at the University of Colorado. And my other guest uh, and uh, his co-worker or peer here, right, at ICR.org is Dr. Jake Hebert. And his, he earned a master's degree in physics in 1999 from Texas A&M University, where he studied optics. He was a dean's graduate fellow, 1995 to 1996. And he received his Ph.D. in 2011 from the University of Texas at Dallas, also in physics. Guys, Thanks a lot for being on the radio today. Sure. Good to be here. Yeah. Yes. Very exciting. And uh, why are you guys here in San Diego? You came all the way from Texas, right? Yeah. We've got a number of speaking engagements here, uh, culminating in a uh, conference over at Oceanside. So that's, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a busy week for both of us, but we're looking forward to it. Yeah. Uh, How long ago did you guys fly in? Oh, just about... <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't that long ago. Just, yeah, just, <laughs> they drove you right over here, and you didn't even get to use the bathroom. So we we did get this. We get the, we did get the bite the bite to eat. But okay. That's that's about it. Good, yeah, good. Okay, yeah. so hopefully we have no emergencies here in the studio. Anyway, <laughs> uh, the conference it's the Back to Genesis conference at Calvary Chapel Oceanside. That's uh, thirty seven fifteen Oceanic Way in Oceanside. For those of you who are local here listening in, and uh, you can find out more on their website calvaryoceanside.org. And that is next Friday to Sunday. Is that right? Yes. But you're going to be speaking all throughout the week on, yes. on different topics. Yep. Okay. Yes. Now, um, you guys are with ICR and uh, Institute for Creation Research. 
Um, Jason, can you tell me a little bit about that uh, ministry? Yeah, yeah we are a, we're a research organization, but we specialize in in the uh, in origins issues. And we're a Christian ministry, too. It's kind of a unique uh, organization, really. Yeah, there's not, there's not a lot of ministries around the world that do what you're doing. Not really, no. Yeah. We, we believe that science should be God-honoring. I mean, science is the, the discovery of how God uh, manages the universe today, how he upholds it. Yeah. And we ask questions that others are afraid to ask, things that would challenge um, secular views, and maybe Dr. Hebert will uh, fill us in on some of those. But um, yeah, I mean, it's 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 a neat organization. We go, and of course, we go out and we do speaking. We do a number of different engagements there, where we talk about the importance of Genesis and show people how science confirms what the Bible teaches. Yeah, that's fantastic. I love it, uh, Dr. Hebert. How did you get interested in 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 this when you were going through your physics program in uh, college, maybe uh, undergraduate as well as graduate programs, all the way up through your PhD? Were you always focused on this idea that I want to see how science confirms uh, the Word of God, or did that change? No, I've uh, I've been interested in that since really middle school, uh, and I remember uh, as a child having questions: How do I know that what I've been taught is true? Uh, and not too long after that, a family friend loaned me a copy of the book Scientific Creationism by Dr. Henry Morris, who is the founder of the Institute for Creation Research, and that really ignited a lifelong interest in this subject. And uh, it was exciting. It was just so exciting to see that science was confirming what the Bible actually said. Yeah. It, you know, I, fi- I find the same thing, that it's so exciting when I learn this stuff and I read the Bible and I go, oh my goodness, this is like, it lines up perfectly. But what, what is driving that excitement for you? I mean, what what drives that feeling? Do When you speak around the, the you know country and so forth, do you see other people's kind of eyes just kind of light up when they uh, they see that science confirms the, confirms the Bible? Yes. Oh, yes, very much so. Yeah. And do you get testimonies uh, from uh, people talking about that, Jason? Oh, yeah. And that's that's what um, – <laughs> I mean, ministry is not easy, but that's what keeps us going, yeah. quite honestly. Yeah. I, I love seeing it when Christians get excited about their faith and they realize that – I mean, we, we know that we know the Bible is true. But then when they, when they, when they really experience that and they see it really is, it really is true, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, yeah. and there's this evidence that confirms that. And it, and they realize that God is bigger than they thought he was, yeah. you know, and we, we sort of, well, he's infinite, but, you know, we don't have any conception of that. Sure. And, and we and we see the design that he's put into our, the solar system or into living cells and things like that. It's awesome. And I love seeing that in people. Um, some of what I do, of course, is challenging secularists, and we need to do that as Christians. Sure. I don't enjoy that as much. What yeah. I really enjoy, honestly, is is sharing these truths with Christians and seeing the light bulb go on. Yeah. Um, that's really what got me into this in the first place. I've always loved science, but when I started sharing this information with others and saw the light bulb kick on and, and them getting excited about the, the Christian faith, yeah, uh, that's great. That's that why makes, we do what we do. That makes the hard work worth it. It really does. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I, that's been my same experience as well. Well, um, we have a lot to talk about. I'm very curious. I want to give our listeners some stuff that they can walk away with here. I hope that they show up to um, the the conference in Oceanside, but I also want them just to hear some stuff where they can kind of put it in their pocket and say, hey, that's that's pretty amazing what that confirms. Now, um, you guys both have degrees in physics. Yours is astrophysics, yours is physics. Um, besides that, do you have an area of expertise, uh, Dr. Hebert? Uh, lately, I've been focusing on climate-related issues, uh, particularly the Ice Age. Uh, the Ice Age is one of the strongest areas of the creation model because we really can explain the Ice Age far better than the evolutionists can. Uh, but I've also been looking at and critiquing their arguments for Ice Ages. And something that I did very recently that is very exciting is um, 
I think I pretty much shot down this iconic paper uh, that's been around for 40 years, a very well-known paper called Pacemaker of the Ice Ages that was published in 1976 in the journal Science. Yeah. And uh, really, the evolutionists did it to themselves because they changed a number that they used in their calculations. They did this 25 years. The paper's 40 years old, but they did this 25 years ago. But to the best of my knowledge, no one ever went back to see what effect that would have on the original results. Interesting. And so I did it, and it messes up the results. And this is an iconic paper uh, that is one of the main arguments for their their Ice Age theory. I think you know most of our listeners, are, uh, being lay people and not experts in these sorts of things, they probably don't have a firm grasp of you know even where secular views of are about the Ice Age or how they contrast the creationist viewpoint versus the secular viewpoint. Can you share that with our audience real quick? What is the the evolutionary kind of long age uh, viewpoint of the ice, ice ages, and then what? How does that compare to the sure. uh, creationist view? Uh, the, the evolutionists believe that there have been many ice ages throughout Earth history, uh, and basically four big ice ages. But uh, within the last two and a half million years or so, uh, there have been supposedly 50, 50 ice ages. Wow, uh, that's what most people refer to as you know as an ice age in popular speech. Now you know the climate, the whole climate discussion that goes on and politically and everywhere. Oh else, yes, is that is that have a bearing? It, it absolutely does. Yeah. Okay. In fact, one of the things that is driving panic over this issue is the this theory, their theory of ice ages, which is called the Milankovitch or astronomical theory of ice ages. And if you do a little bit of digging, you find that that is helping to fuel some of the panic over this issue of quote-unquote climate change. And that's having a real-world impact. It absolutely is. It's not is. an ivory tower discussion. This is, ap- this, this is a very good example of how this issue of origins has real-world consequences, mm. uh, even in practical everyday Because life. everything we're doing with emissions controls and these sorts of things and, and the, uh, the EPA and all this yes. stuff— is impacting our lives on a regular basis, what, even even the ability to make money in cases. Yes. And so uh, that's very interesting. So explain how the the secularist view of ice ages is affecting the panic today over climate change and so forth. Right. Uh, well, th- what they believe is that they believe that the Earth's orbital and rotational motions are slowly changing. So you have the tilt of the Earth's axis, uh, the axis is wobbling. Those things are slowly changing. Uh, of course, they, they are changing, but because they believe the solar system is billions of years old, they feel free to run these motions backwards millions of years. Hmm. And so as a result of those changes, you have changes in the way the Earth, the, the sunlight is being distributed on the Earth. And supposedly, when you have more of this summer sunlight on the northern ice sheets, they melt, you get a warm period, and they, that's what they call an interglacial. When you have less of that summer sunlight, the ice sheets grow, supposedly, and you get an ice age. That, in a nutshell, is their theory. One of the problems with this theory, though, is that it's a very weak mechanism. These are very, very subtle changes in sunlight, and it's very hard to see how that, in and of itself, could cause an ice age. And for that reason, because they've convinced themselves that this theory is correct, in Mm. spite of that, they've convinced themselves that our climate is unstable, and that all it takes is this little push to usher in a climate catastrophe. And so that is, but of course, if the biblical record is true, uh, we, we would argue you need something big to get an ice age, like the Genesis flood, okay. which is a one-time event that would never be repeated. 
If you realize that, then you realize, oh, well, maybe our climate isn't so unstable after all. Maybe we're overreacting to some of these issues. So what is your view on that in regards to, you know, you'll hear you'll hear people say the the climate is getting hotter and everything's melting. You'll hear people say it's getting colder. You'll hear people say it's changing just, you know, uh, there's arbitrarily. And so I'm very curious to know what your view is in regards to that. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to tease our listeners so that uh, they have to stay over from our, our break here. Sounds like a great yeah, idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, if you're listening in right now, we're talking about a very interesting issue. It's it's in, very interesting to me. Politically, the, the idea of climate change uh, is dependent upon your view of origins and whether you believe in a biblical view or you believe in a secular view. We're going to be right back. Stay with us. Said I'd follow you. Said I'd follow you for the rest of my day. What do leading local restaurants have in common? They depend on Express Fix Coffee for new and used coffee and espresso machines, repairs, and affordable monthly service. Dave Martin and his local team provide water filtration services too. Call San Diego's best espresso repair company, serving your home and business. Learn more online at expressfixcoffee.com. Call Express Fix Coffee at 619-867-3853. 619-867-3853. Hi, this is Jason Hall, president of Team Home Loans, a branch of Synergy One Lending. I just want to take this opportunity to thank Kevin Conover for the profound impact he's had on mine and my wife's spiritual life, as well as being an incredible teacher while our kids were his students. His knowledge and passion have taught us all how important it is to be defenders of our faith. It's our honor and privilege to support Kevin and his show. It is our sincere hope and prayer that you will continue to learn to be defenders of your faith through Kevin's radio show and through his Educate for Life teaching. Thank you, Kevin, from the Hall family and Team Home Loans. Add historic American beauty to your home today with genuine Amish furniture. It's built in the USA from solid cherry wood with a bourbon finish. Or choose alternative woods and finishes to accent your home's decor. You'll find it all at Tucker's Valley Furniture. For over 65 years, the Tucker family has served San Diego County. Still family-owned, Cash and Carry and Tucker's Valley Furniture. Two stores, both right across the street at Main and Mollison in El Cajon. Learn more at tuckersvalleyfurniture.com. When you need tires or service, count on Conover Tires, Wheels, and Service in Oceanside for a full range of affordable options in all the brands you trust. See their great customer reviews and special offers online. Hours Tuesday through Friday, 7.30 to 5.30, and Saturdays, 7.30 to 5. Call Dan and his team at 760-439-1631. Conover Tires, Wheels, and Service, 2405 Oceanside Boulevard in Oceanside, 760-439-1631. Sign up for the Z Club and our KPRZ newsletter to find out what's happening at KPRZ and our community. Online at KPRZ.com.
Thanks for listening today. This is Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. My website is educateforlife.org. If you like what you're hearing on the radio today, you can pick up a recording of this show on my website. We're also on YouTube. If you'd like to see a video of us here in the studio, you can. Um, if you're the kind of person that needs visual uh, you know, stimulation, we're in here. We're not, we're not dancing or anything, but, but we are talking here. And you can see our faces, our smiling faces here. And uh, we are live today. Uh, if you want to ask a question to one of my guests, you can call in at 866-577-2473, 866-577-2473. And I'm running for Grossmont Union School Board. If you think it's important to have pro-family, God-fearing school board members, please consider supporting my campaign at kevinconover.com. My guests today are Dr. Jason Lyle and Dr. Jake Hebert, all the way from Texas. They're with ICR, the Institute for Creation Research, icr.org. And they have a, a whole week planned of speaking engagements, which is going to culminate in a Back to Genesis conference at Calvary Chapel Oceanside. And uh, you can find out more on uh, calvaryoceanside.org. That's Friday to Sunday, this upcoming Friday to Sunday. If you'd like to check that out, that'd be fantastic. Uh, Dr. Hebert, when we left off, we were talking about climate change and so forth, the different views between the Ice Ages, uh, the, the biblical view and the secular view. Uh, can you pick up on how um, your your view of uh, the ice ages affects your view of climate change today and what's causing the panic among those who have a secular view. Right. Uh, well, first let me, let me go ahead and uh, elaborate just a little bit on the biblical view. Sure. We think that the ice, there was a single ice age that lasted just a few hundred years and it occurred after the Genesis flood. And so the Genesis flood, the aftermath of that event is what caused an ice age. And what's what's the driver for that? I mean, people are going to be thinking, well, right. a flood is water, but how does that make snow? Hot oceans and aerosols from volcanic eruptions. Those are the keys. Because if you have very hot oceans, which would have resulted from all the seafloor spreading and volcanic activity, mm-hmm. that's going to put a lot of moisture into the atmosphere through evaporation. And so you're going to get a lot more snowfall on mountaintops and at high latitudes And because you've got all these volcanoes that are still kind of going off after the flood, they're putting aerosols up into the atmosphere. Now, what does that mean? How does an aerosol impact? Well, they reflect sunlight. Ah, there we go. If you have big volcanic eruptions, particularly ones that have a lot of sulfur dioxide, uh, they put these aerosols up and you get a noticeable cooling effect uh, that's greatest during the summer and autumn months. And so that would give the cooling you need to keep the snow and ice from melting, and that would enable these thick ice sheets to form in a relatively short amount of time. Okay, that's that's very interesting. Okay, so so what's driving the panic then today? I mean, because literally legislation is being passed. Some people have said, if you don't believe in climate change, you're essentially crazy. And uh, I mean, I've heard talk of the administration saying things like, we're going to ban your mm-hmm. ability to even discuss this. It's It's a fact. Right. Uh, well, I don't think anyone disputes that climate changes at least a little bit, but, uh, this panic over this issue, it's coming from their, their view of past ice ages, which is coming from their view of origins. So they believe, uh, you know, this, this Milankovitch theory, um, this of ice ages, yeah. uh, it's a weak theory. There's, there's, it hardly has anything going for it. And, it, you know, these changes in sunlight are very subtle it's hard to see how that by itself could cause an ice age. So they've convinced themselves that the climate is unstable and that just the little, little nudge, maybe the amount of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere, could trigger this out-of-control effect, 
where you have this climate catastrophe. And what is that? So the climate catastrophe that would that would be caused. So all the regulation we have on emissions and all these sorts of things, the the climate um, the, the catastrophe that could happen. Are you talking about another full blown ice age that would just kill so many people, or are you talking about so much heat that? Well, in this case, they're thinking about the Earth becoming too hot. And that's just, they're afraid ocean levels would rise. Right. And by the way, here's another interesting fact. The Mm. claim that the ocean rise will be catastrophic, that too is being influenced by the way they're interpreting uh, the data from the seafloor sediments. Okay. It's not something we're observing. You know, we don't see the oceans rising at a catastrophic rate, but they're interpreting these chemical wiggles in the seafloor sediments as being a climate indicator. Hmm. And from that, they try to infer what past rises in sea level have been. And what we're saying is, no, they're misinterpreting this. Their whole paradigm for interpreting the seafloor sediments is based on a model that's wrong. And so they're using this to draw conclusions about what kind of rises in sea level we would have at the present. Hmm. And so this is a classic example of how if you have a wrong starting assumption about origins, that it's going to spill over into everything. Wow. It's going to influence your whole worldview and the whole way you look at the world. And this has to do with your presuppositions. Yes, absolutely. Which is, which is uh, I mean, we can all, a deductive argument in which we say God exists. I mean, it's as basic as if God exists and he judges morality, then I better be very concerned about the way I live and, and eternity versus uh, God, God doesn't exist. Therefore I only live once do whatever I can to get sure. as much pleasure as I can. Right. Right. Yeah. So a uh, very interesting stuff. That's amazing. I mean, I feel like we could talk way more about that uh, as far as the, the seafloor sediments and all that's all very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Dr. Lyle, I wanted to ask you, uh, are there disagreements in the uh, creationist viewpoint as far as the flood is concerned and these sorts of things uh, is, is our creation is pretty unified or is there a lot of disagreement or? Well, I think, you know, on the, on the biblical issues, there's a lot of unity. I yeah. think those of, those of us who are committed to the authority of scriptures, we really, we really stand on that. Yeah. Uh, the, the issues where we would disagree would be on uh, specific scientific models or nuances of those models. Okay. Um, a, frankly, most creationists are maybe probably 90% of us are agreed on a particular model that we think uh, is a good model for the flood. Uh, John Baumgartner's runaway subduction model it makes a lot. It makes successful predictions. Wow, it's a brilliant model. Yeah, I had Baumgartner on here yeah. a little while ago. Yeah, oh, he's a, he's a sharp guy. And, yeah. and Mike Ward's explanation for the ice age, I think we're all mostly in agreement on that. There's little differences in terms of which which rock layers correspond yeah. to flood layers. Where did that end? There's some disagreement there because we don't we don't know. Yeah. Yeah, and you'll hear uh, people accuse Christians and creationists of uh, being anti-science, but uh, that's not at all the case. And I want to talk about that. Who's the authority here, the Bible or science? And what does that mean? And why should we have that authority? When we come back, we're going to talk about this a little bit more. Uh, Stay with us. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. You're on Educate for Life Radio. We'll be right back. This is Throughout All Ages Ministry with Joe and Stacy. We would like to equip you to share the gospel with confidence in a biblical and effective way. We would like to teach you through the proclamation of the gospel. Whether you're the skeptic, God who created you said that he has made himself known to you so that you are without excuse. One-on-one evangelism. How do you think you can get to heaven? I've never really thought about it, but I've always thought of, you know, doing good. For more information, go to throughoutallages.com, like us on Facebook, or visit us at YouTube at Throughout All Ages. 
How can you live in San Diego and miss out on enjoying the water? Fast Lane Kayaking sells popular Hobie Cat kayaks that you pedal, not paddle. That means your hands are left free for fishing and fun. Just throw these on your roof rack. They're light and they're easy to use and maintain. Just rinse them off. Try one free on a demo ride. For 36 years, Ron and Debbie Lane have served San Diego with fun, family-friendly water sports of all kinds. Learn more. FastLaneSailing.com. 619-222-0766. Imagine restoring your health in a peaceful cabin in the forests of Julian, California. Milan Chessman knows the power of nutrition, detox, cleansing, and fasting. She is a 34-year pioneer, best-selling author, and nutritionist, and personally supervises and cares for you with a servant's heart. See testimonials and solutions for common health problems at a1fastingretreat.com, 619-562-5446. Do you have one-button espresso machines in your home or business? They make delicious coffee drinks, but they're not maintenance-free. Express Fix Coffee is San Diego's source for coffee and espresso machine repair, sales, and service. Call Dave Martin at Express Fix Coffee for new and used espresso machines, repairs, parts, and accessories. They'll save you time and money. Call Express Fix Coffee at 619-867-3853. Learn more at ExpressFixCoffee.com. Hi, I'm Chris Brown, host of the brand new radio show, Chris Brown's True Stewardship, brought to you by Ramsey Solutions. What could you do if you were debt free? God has a lot to say about money. Tune in. Evenings at 8 on KPRZ. Calling all the messengers, calling all the messengers, calling all the messengers. We're live today. Call in at 866-577-2473. If you have questions about God and science, I've got two experts on the air. This is a unique opportunity. If you'd like to call in and ask some questions, uh, things that pertain to, uh, you know, how do we know the Bible is true? Is the Bible scientifically accurate? I mean, are there uh, things that violate science in the Bible? Uh, These sorts of questions. What evidence do we have uh, that God is a scientific fact? There's so much uh, there to talk about and to deal with, and a lot of questions people have in their minds. But uh, Dr. Lyle, I wanted to ask you uh, today, you know, some people will say, hey, creationists are anti-science, and this is the reason we can't have creationism in the schools, because it's not scientific, it's religious. And yet here, this whole discussion we've been having so far is all science, 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 science. So uh, where does where does this come from, and how do you respond to somebody who says, hey, as a creationist, you, you know, you're anti-science? It's it's interesting. One of one of the um, tactics that many secularists use to try and get people to buy into their belief system, and it is a belief system, yeah, is to equate it with science. They've actually equated secularism with science. Secularism mm-hmm. is a belief that that there's that there's no God. Everything is natural. Naturalism is an aspect of that, and uh, th- there's no there's no logical necessity for science to be naturalistic. And people say, well, if there's a God who's just chaotic and doing miracles all the time, you can't do science. Well, I, I would agree, but that's not the biblical God. The yeah. biblical God is very consistent in what he does. And that's actually what makes science possible. And so the ironic thing is if the biblical worldview weren't true, if God were not upholding the universe in a uniform fashion, 
there would be no rational basis for science. Yeah. Science presupposes that God upholds the universe in a consistent way with patterns that we can discover through observation and experimentation. And we expect that if we do an experiment under certain conditions, we'll get a, we'll get a certain result. If we do the same experiment under the same conditions, we get the same result. All science is predicated on that. And why would that be in a chance universe? In a chance universe, next time you do the same experiment, anything could happen. It's a chance universe. Mm. And so it's really the Christian worldview that actually makes science possible. And I've had people say, but wait a minute, the, the Greeks, were, they weren't Christians and they could do science. Well, they could, but that's because the Christian worldview was true even then. You see, yeah, it's, yeah. It, I'm not saying that people have to profess a belief in Christianity to do science. I'm saying the Bible would have to be true in order for science to be possible. And so it's ironic that they're thinking, well, you, well you, can't, you can't do science and be a Christian. Actually, to be consistent, you can't do science if you're not a Christian. And the, and, and the point you're making there, which is a powerful point, is that what reasonable basis do we have to believe that the laws of physics are consistent throughout the entire universe, throughout all of time, if it's all just a product of nothing exploding. Yeah. I mean, right. why would there be laws of physics at all if there's no lawgiver? Why would they be the same everywhere? See, I can answer that as a Christian. My God is omnipresent. Mm-hmm. He's everywhere. Mm-hmm. And he's very consistent. He does, he does, he's not whimsical. He's not a man to change his mind, the Bible says. Yeah. And so he, he's not like that. Um, how do I know that the laws of physics will be the same tomorrow as they are today? Because my God is beyond time. And he's mm-hmm. told me, and he's revealed that to me in his word. So I can know about it because God's revealed himself. And because of God's nature, I expect to be able to understand the universe. I expect that my senses are basically reliable, having been fashioned and designed by God, and not just the result of chemistry over time, Mm -hmm. uh, just mutations and so on. I expect that my brain has the capacity to be rational, which means I can consider the various options and choose the one that makes the most sense. That wouldn't be the case if I were just chemistry. Chemistry doesn't have any choice at all. And so all of the things that are necessary for science are things that the biblical worldview says are are the case. Yeah. And I have not found anyone who has been able to come up with another worldview that can make sense of science. Yeah, that's very interesting. And and your expectations are reasonable um, because of the biblical God. On the other hand, somebody else might say, I mean, the best they can really offer is it just is this way. But then I'm going to ask, how do you know? Yeah. <laughs> right? And, and they're, well, my senses, but how do you know your senses are reliable? Yeah, and you yeah. say, well, I remember that it used to be this way. Well, so how do you know your memory's reliable? Yeah. Right? I mean, you can't, you can't know anything. There's apart just no from the foundation. Yeah. There's no foundation. There's at no all. way to get started. Yeah. That's, that's pretty amazing. Uh, so when it comes to issues like, um, you know, maybe, maybe controversial issues in science and everything, uh, somebody might be thinking to themselves, well, where do you draw the line? I mean, because essentially what you're saying is because the Bible says so, right? So is there ever a time that the science you see doesn't seem to jive with the Bible and therefore you allow spi- science to speak onto the Bible? Or are you always going to allow the Bible to have authority over science? Well, one of the things that uh, I think is important for us to understand, first of all, the Bible claims to be the word of God. Mm. And that's something we have to take very seriously. It is propositional truth. And by that, I mean it's, it's, it's written in sentences that are meant to be understood. They're linguistic. God is a linguistic being. Yeah. He, he communicates through language. And the advantage of language is it's very clear. Uh, I was in a debate one time where a, a guy, just to, just to kind of, just for the sake of humor, he said, now, for this first question, we want you to answer it in interpretive dance, <laughs> which I thought was funny. You know? yeah. And of course, nobody would do that. But, but when it comes down to, uh, you know, when people say, oh, but this rock tells me this, it's like interpretive dance, isn't it? Because a rock doesn't say anything. It doesn't communicate with words. Yeah. The Bible is clear 
uh, nature, although it certainly does reveal God, there's no doubt about that, but it's not propositional. It's not composed of sentences. Rocks don't talk. People say, well, the rocks say this, the fossils say that. Mm. They don't. They don't say anything. We interpret them, and we interpret them according to a worldview. I think that's a really uh, that's a really uh, powerful point. Can you re- repeat that again when you said nature... You, you said, I can't remember how you phrased it. Nature, <laughs> I'm sure I can't either. <laughs> <laughs> you said nature speaks to us, but it's not propositional. It's not propositional truth. It's not composed. Nature is not composed of sentences because that are linguistic. People, some people will say nature is God's second Bible or something. They'll, they'll, they'll phrase it like this. And, and so they'll say, look, it, we can't ignore science. It, and when it speaks on the Bible, and it's almost as if they equate what they're seeing in nature with exactly what we see in the Bible. Right. And the problem, the flaw there is, say that one more time, it's... Nature's not propositional. It's not, it's not clear. It's not written in language that's meant to be understood clearly. And what they're doing when they do that, they're making a fallacy, an equivocation fallacy. They're, they're saying, well, inter- our interpretation of nature needs to, is on the same level as our interpretation of the Bible. And, the pro- and that's a problem. Oh, that's really good. That's really good. Okay, I, I love. They're using that. the word interpretation in two different senses. I see, because one yeah. is hum- mankind's interpretation; one is the clear communication of Scripture. Yes. Wow, that's amazing. We're going to be right back. My guests today are from ICR, uh, Dr. Jason Lyle and Dr. Jake Heber, both experts in science and God and physics. Gordon Tucker began serving San Diego County families. Today, the family tradition continues with two stores, Tucker's Valley Furniture and Cash and Carry, both right across the street in El Cajon at Maine and Mollison. Whether you want today's modern, eco-friendly furniture or authentic Amish furniture from solid cherry wood built in America, let the Tucker family serve your family. Learn more at tuckersvalleyfurniture.com. A proud sponsor of Educate for Life with Kevin Conover. A lot is riding on your car's safety and performance. Count on Conover Tires, Wheels, and Service in Oceanside for a full range of affordable options. See their great customer reviews and special offers online. Call Dan and his team at 760-439-1631. Conover Tires, Wheels, and Service, 2405 Oceanside Boulevard. Honesty, integrity, and quality service. ASC, BBB, and NAPA certified. 760-439-1631. Not all home inspections are created equal. Joe DeMars and his team at Housemaster have performed inspections in San Diego for 22 years plus and performed over 10,000 inspections for commercial, multiple family, apartments, and residential. Call before you buy or sell. You'll have confidence knowing the true condition of the property. Call 619-660-7866, sandiego.housemaster.com. Home inspections, done right, guaranteed. 619-660-7866. Hi, this is Jason Hall, president of Team Home Loans, a branch of Synergy One Lending. I just want to take this opportunity to thank Kevin Conover for the profound impact he's had on mine and my wife's spiritual life, as well as being an incredible teacher while our kids were his students. His knowledge and passion have taught us all how important it is to be defenders of our faith. It's our honor and privilege to support Kevin and his show. It is our sincere hope and prayer that you will continue to learn to be defenders of your faith through Kevin's radio show and through his Educate for Life teachings. Thank you, Kevin, from the Hall family and Team Home Loans. 
For 36 years, Fastlane Kayaking has helped people like you experience everything that's great about San Diego. Fastlane makes fishing and water sports fun and easy. Hobie Cat kayaks feature a popular pedal system, not paddles, keeping your hands free as you fish. You no longer need to tow and gas up a boat to experience great San Diego fishing. Call or come in for your no-charge demo ride, 619-222-0766, fastlanesailing.com. At Dana Landing Marina across from SeaWorld, 619-222-0766. Find K-Praise 1210 AM KPRZ online at christianradio.com, kprz.com, and iHeartRadio. All right, let's do this. Welcome to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. You can visit us on uh, YouTube. We also podcast all our shows. We're on iTunes. And uh, you can also check out all the past shows on my website. Next week, next Saturday, 2 to 3, we're going to be on the radio with, I'm interviewing Dr. Dr. Richard Weikart. He is the author of From Darwin to Hitler and also a book uh, by the title The Death of Humanity. It's an absolutely phenomenal book. Uh, uh, subject that he covers. Very, very interesting. And we're going to be answering the question of whether Hitler was a Christian, which a lot of people claim, or whether he was an evolutionist. And uh, Dr. Weikart is an expert on this. He's been teaching on it forever. He is a professor uh, at a uh, California State University. Uh, fantastic guy. So, But my guests today are Dr. Jason Lyle and Dr. Jake Hebert. They are with the Institute for Creation Research, both uh, physicists and uh, just have tons of information that they can share with you. They're going to be at a conference at uh, Calvary Chapel Oceanside, October 7th through the 9th. That's Friday to Sunday. If you want to check out more about that, you can visit their website, calvaryoceanside.org. But, you know, I, I'm an apologetics teacher. I teach uh, Christian apologetics, defense of the truth of God's word out at Christian high school. And I use their website constantly for articles. Just when I have questions, when there's stuff that pops up that people ask me, I run into uh, skeptics or agnostics or just kids who have questions that are difficult. And I go to their site and almost every time I type into their search engine, the question I have, something about it pops up. It's amazing uh, how many articles are on that site. How many articles are on your your site, the ICR site? Do you have any several idea? Several thousand. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm yes. not sure the exact number, but it's several thousand articles. Yeah. yeah. And what I love about your organization is um, you have so much, uh, you're not... Uh, really theologians, although you are theologians, but you're scientists. I mean, you're doing actual research right now. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. It is, yeah. And, of course, and we do have uh, theologians on staff, too, like Dr. Uh, Jim Johnson, for example. He's okay. got a PhD and brilliant scholar. And, and that, we, well, I always, whenever I write an article that has theology and I always run it by him first, and uh, he gives me good feedback on that's that. That's fantastic. Yeah. What, what a fantastic combo. It's a too. neat environment. Yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's a fun place to work, I think. Yeah. I, I mean, you're blessed to be able to be out there, huh? Mm-hmm. And uh, what kind, is there any research that's going on currently that you guys are focusing on? I know you mentioned the climate, the climate issue. Is there anything else that 
you're specifically going after? I know you guys are in the process of building a huge museum. Is that correct? Yes, yeah, so the the uh, we're, we're it's going to be a discovery center, and that's really occupied a lot of my attention lately because <laughs> I'm kind of heading up at least the scientific aspects of that. Of course, I brought the whole team in, and we decided what kind of exhibits we want, but uh, we want it to be a really hands-on experience. In fact, just just recently we got a. Uh, a huge computer table. It's kind of like a you think of it as a giant iPad, and it's really neat. And wow. you can and kids are going to be able to get on there and, and play on it and so on. And I'm going to install some. I've already installed some uh, astronomy software where they'll be able to go to different planets and see what they look like thanks to the spacecraft that it visited there and get information on how each of these worlds confirms biblical creation. Wow! And so it's uh, it's 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 going to take me some time to program that. But so it's so give me on. some quick examples of that. How do some of the planets? I mean, most people are going to be like, what? How how can you argue that the that a you know, Saturn or something confirms uh, the Bible. How, how does that work? They all do. Uh, Mercury, for example, has a magnetic field, and that's something that would not be expected if it were billions of years old. Magnetic fields like, you know, you get a little refrigerator magnet. The Earth's got one. That's why that's what causes a compass to point north. And a lot of the planets do have these magnetic fields, but magnetic fields naturally decay mm. with time. They're caused by electrical current and current encounters resistance and decays with time. And so with Mercury, if it were really billions of years old, because it's a small planet, yeah. it, shouldn't, it, sh- it shouldn't be able to maintain that magnetic field for billions of years. So that's just, that's just one example. Uh, the same is true of Ju- Jupiter has an enormous magnetic field. It's, it's too strong. It would be uh, potentially lethal if you were to get too close to Jupiter. The mag- people don't realize that. The magnetic field can kill you. Yeah, it can. Wow. Uh, yeah, because the, the radiation from that. Does that mean I should stay away from magnets? Or well, it... you probably want to stay away from magnets that are uh, <laughs> the size of Jupiter. Yeah, okay. Like that. <laughs> now actually, that... actually, a little magnetic field is helpful, and that's actually a design feature on the Earth. Our magnetic field is just right because it deflects cosmic rays, but it's not so intense that it would it would kill you. What it, kind of cosmic rays does it deflect? Oh, anything that's charged. Uh, a magnetic field will deflect any charged particle, and there are a number of high-energy charged particles that stream in from space from various causes. Even the sun produces some of these, and uh, the magnetic field protects us from those. Now, you said uh, we're losing our extent. magnetic field. Does that yes. mean we're going to be in trouble pretty yes, soon? Yes, <laughs> eventually. Yes, eventually. That's okay. a pro- and by the way, that's an indication that the Earth can't be billions of years old either. Interesting. Because the half-life of our magnetic field is something like 1,200 years. And so if you do the math, the so Earth can't gonna... be more than 60,000 years old. So we're all going to have to live underground pretty soon is what you're yeah, saying. It's going to be a problem. <laughs> that... Of course, it's, you know, the rate at which it decays is slow enough that, uh, and we do get protection from the atmosphere as well. So okay. it's just a question of, you know, it's not, it's not like it would be necessarily hundred percent deadly if we didn't have a magnetic field, but you'll see increases in things like cancer and so on. And we're, we're already seeing that. Wow. So scientifically, um, you know, the discrep, the, uh, how old uh, does a evolutionist or somebody who believes in, uh, a billions of years old universe, what, what is the general time age that they adhere to? They tend to hold to a solar system that's 4.5 to 4.6 billion years old and a universe that's 13.7, 13.8 billion years old. Okay. But you believe scientifically that the Bible... So so are we looking at the genealogies in the Bible to confirm the age of the earth from a biblical perspective, a historical perspective? Yeah, the Bible gives the ages of certain patriarchs. When they had their first child, you can add those up and you get a few thousand years. And even if you know, people say, well, maybe they skipped a generation, which I don't think is true in the Old Testament. But in yeah. any case, even if that were true, you can't. there's no way you can get billions of years out of it. Because human beings are made on the sixth day, according to the according to Genesis, yeah. and there's and we all agree human beings don't go back hundreds of billions a year, sure. you know, hundreds of millions of years, and it's clear from context those are ordinary, approximately twenty four hour days. People try to stretch those out, but that really violates the Hebrew yeah. language. Let's uh, let's we, you know we've got one more segment to go. I'd like to talk a little bit more about that, just that, so that people that are listening can get an idea of why that. Um disparity is there between even Christians. And uh, I think that's worth talking about. 
You're on Educate for Life Radio. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. I've got two fantastic experts on God and science. We're going to be right back. Not all home inspections are created equal. Experience matters. Joe DeMars and his team at Housemaster have performed inspections in San Diego for 22 years plus and performed over 10,000 inspections for commercial, multiple family, apartments, and residential. So call before you buy or sell and protect your investment. Call 619-660-7866 or online at sandiego.housemaster.com. Home inspections done right. Guaranteed. 619-660-7866. Imagine restoring your health in a peaceful cabin in the forests of Julian, California. Milan Chessman knows the power of nutrition, detox, cleansing, and fasting. She is a 34-year pioneer, best-selling author, and nutritionist, and personally supervises and cares for you with a servant's heart. See testimonials and solutions for common health problems at a1fastingretreat.com, 619-562-5446. Hi, this is Jason Hall, president of Team Home Loans, a branch of Synergy One Lending. I just want to take this opportunity to thank Kevin Conover for the profound impact he's had on mine and my wife's spiritual life, as well as being an incredible teacher while our kids were his students. His knowledge and passion have taught us all how important it is to be defenders of our faith. It's our honor and privilege to support Kevin and his show. It is our sincere hope and prayer that you will continue to learn to be defenders of your faith through Kevin's radio show and through his Educate for Life teaching. Thank you, Kevin, from the Hall family and Team Home Loans. In 1947, Gordon Tucker began serving San Diego County families. Today, the family tradition continues with two stores, Tucker's Valley Furniture and Cash and Carry, both right across the street in El Cajon at Maine and Mollison. Whether you want today's modern, eco-friendly furniture or authentic Amish furniture from solid cherry wood built in America, let the Tucker family serve your family. Learn more at tuckersvalleyfurniture.com. A proud sponsor of Educate for Life with Kevin Conover. Hi, I'm Chris Brown, host of the brand new radio show, Chris Brown's True Stewardship, brought to you by Ramsey Solutions. What could you do if you were debt-free? God has a lot to say about money. Tune in. Evenings at 8 on KPRZ. There's got to be more than going back and forth. Welcome to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. My website is educateforlife.org, and I'd love to have you visit. Uh, please give me feedback. I've got a Facebook page. I've got a, all kinds of stuff that I post up there. Love to have you sign up on there. You can sign up for our uh, email list. I send out an email once a week just to keep you updated on what's happening out in the radio land and also uh, in the science and God debate that's going on. And, and uh, my guests today are Dr. Jake Hebert. And Dr. Jason Lyle, they both work at ICR out in Texas, but they're here in San Diego um, because uh, they're holding a conference at Calvary Chapel Oceanside, October 7th through the 9th, Friday to Sunday, and uh, they're going to be sharing all kinds of amazing stuff. And Henry Morris, uh, the third, is that right, is going to be out there also. Yes. Yeah, so that's real exciting too. And uh, they're going to be teaching all kinds of amazing stuff. If you've missed any of the show, I highly encourage you uh, to pick up a recording because there's a lot of good science out there that just gives you the confidence that the Word of God is true. 
And um, I kind of wanted to talk about this a little bit because in, within our own circles, within our uh, our camp, the Christian camp per se, um, there is a controversy over Genesis specifically. And the title of your conference is Back to Genesis. Can you speak to that, to the conflict there and why you've titled it Back to Genesis, Dr. Lyle? Yeah, well, it's something that, uh, that we've had that title for a long time at ICR, and I think it's a good one. Uh, in order to understand uh, Christianity Christianity is based in Genesis. All of it, every major Christian doctrine you can think of has its has its foundation in the book of Genesis. Uh, marriage. Why is marriage one man and one woman for life? Well, it's because God created the family unit. He did that back in Genesis. Mm. Why is, for example, abortion wrong? Well, because people are made in the image of God, and that's why it's wrong to that murder them. Genesis. And that goes back to Genesis. Yeah, Genesis yeah all of those are in Genesis. Yeah. And, uh, and anything you can think of, directly or indirectly, it has its origin back in Genesis. And so people think, well, wh- why are we losing all these, all these Christian doctrines? Why is it we're having to defend something like marriage now? Who, who would have thought Decades ago, we'd have to be defending that. Yeah, marriage is a man and a woman. And defending it in the church. Yes. I mean, it's one thing <laughs> to is, defend it against the world, yeah. but we have to argue with our Christian brothers and sisters about th- this issue. And I guarantee you, 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 you show me someone who doesn't believe that marriage is a man and a woman for life, I'll show you somebody who rejects Genesis. Mm. That's always the case. Because once you, once you believe in a literal Genesis, a historical Genesis, as Jesus did, as the apostles did, once you accept that, you got marriage as a man and woman for life. There it is. Yeah. And that's true of all these Christian doctrines. And so we're seeing a split in the, in, in the church. And uh, we, we, we were just talking, uh, we were talking during the break about, you know, is, are things getting better or worse? Well, in a, in, in, in a way, both, <laughs> because I, I find that um, the Christians who are really solid on God's word are getting more solid on God's word. Mm-hmm. And I find that the Christians who are not solid on God's word, who have abandoned biblical authority, are getting even worse. Yeah. And I think that's what we're going to see. And, and in a way, that's a good thing, because God is the one that initiated that enmity between light and darkness. God, God initiated that. That's biblical. Yeah. And so I think it's, I think it's good. I hate middle ground. I hate lukewarm. God does too. I think that's maybe part of my sanctification that I'm starting to hate that too. And I think it's good that we're seeing these people who have, who have abandoned biblical authority. It's becoming more obvious that they have ban- abandoned biblical authority. Now, regarding sanctification and justification, right? So justification is that moment where we recognize Christ as our Savior, confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord. But sanctification is the process of growing to become more like Christ each time. Now, when you say, when this yeah. this issue, this argument over old earth, young earth, blah, 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 all that stuff, um, is this a salvation issue? Not in the sense that uh, we're not saying that you have to believe in six days to be saved. I'm not aware of anyone who would who would teach that. Yeah. Uh, but it is a foundational issue because if you say, well, I don't think God really created six days. Well, if God didn't get that portion of the Bible right, how can you be sure he got the portion right where it says that you need to repent and trust in Christ and have yeah. faith in him for, for salvation. Well, how do you respond to the person that says, well, that's just poetic. It's just meant to, you know, oh, well, illustrate we, a point. Yeah. Well, we can answer that because the Hebrew is, it's very clear when you're looking at Hebrew poetic sections like the Psalms, Yeah, they make use of a uh, device called uh, parallelism. That's where you have a verse that says something and it says the same thing, the same idea using different words. Mm. Like the heavens declare the glory of God, the skies proclaim the work of his hands. Kind of says the same thing twice yeah. in two different ways. Yeah. That is the key characteristic of Hebrew poetry, and you will not find that in the book of Genesis. You will not find it. It's not there. Wow. Furthermore, Genesis makes frequent use of a, of a Hebrew gr- uh, grammatical construction called a vav consecutive. You know, in the, you know, in Genesis where it says, and this happened, and that happened, and that happened. Some of the newer translations leave out the ands because it's bad English, but it's good Hebrew. And whenever you have that sequence of and this happened, and that happened, and that happened, that's called vav consecutive, and that is that is never found. You don't find a continuous sequence of like that anywhere in Hebrew poetry. It's yeah. not there. So there's no doubt that Genesis is written in historical narrative. 
if you if you want to be true to the author's intention, that's really what it comes down to. And really, that's good. That's proper biblical interpretation is not to impose our view on it, but allow the author to speak uh, right. to us and tell us what he thought. Right. And if somebody disagrees with that, it's very easy to refute that. If somebody says, no, I have the right to interpret these statements as I wish, then all I have to do is say, oh, okay, then you agree with me that we, we can't do that. <laughs> because, see, now I'm interpreting his statement to agree with my wishes, yeah, you see? Right. <laughs> and he takes offense at that. Yeah. Oh, boy, that's that's uh, very interesting stuff. And uh, if we would get back on track with this, a lot of the problems we're experiencing in the church would clear right up uh, very quickly. Certainly. And, yeah. and, I mean, we have churches that are that are okay with abortion. We have churches that are okay with homosexual marriage, uh, ordaining homosexual pastors. I can guarantee you those churches do not believe in a literal genesis. Yeah. And that's why the research we're doing, like the research Dr. Hebert did on that refutes this Milankovitch, which a lot of ages are calibrated to that. Yeah. Uh, you demolish that. That gets that that gets that gets uh, sort of stumbling block out of the way for people. Mm-hmm. You know, we, the Bible's true, whether people realize it or not, whether they can, whether they see that the science lines up with it or not, but sometimes it helps people just yeah. to get that stuff out of the way. Yeah. So you can say, you know what? The Bible really is trustworthy. Do you think that organizations need to put this into their, um, kind of their faith statement, like a church should be putting this into their, their almost their creed, you know? Uh, I recommend it, actually. Yeah. I, do, I do recommend that because it's it's something that's very clear. And, and granted, I, I, I'm not claiming that it's a salvation issue in the yeah. sense that it's, you know, I understand that. Um but nonetheless, because this is an issue where it really, it really is showing whether or not you're having faith in God's word yeah. or not, uh, because it's so crucial to that, I think it would be good to have. And a lot of people faith. will say, you know, they would say, "Hey, you know, Jesus is all that matters. Jesus is the one that saves." And you know, how do you respond to that when somebody says, "You know, all this other stuff? Let's not argue. We're being divisive. We're creating more problems than we're solving." Um, how do you respond to that? Uh, one, Jesus never responded that way. When the religious leaders of his time came to him and they twisted God's word, he didn't say, well, that's not my personal interpretation, but, you know, if that's true for you, but not true for me. You know, let's all just hold hands and sing Kumbaya, right? But that's not, <laughs> yeah, just not that's how it. he responded. He said, yeah. he said, it is written. Have you not read? Jesus took people back to the authority of the word. Yeah. So people say, well, all we need to do is trust in Jesus. Well, I got news for you. Jesus believed in Genesis. Yeah. He quotes from it. He yeah. refers back to it. In Matthew 19, when they ask him about marriage, Jesus quotes Genesis 1 and 2 as the foundation for marriage, mm. as the historical, real, literal foundation for marriage. And if those aren't real people, I, I mean, if it's, yeah, exactly. I mean, everything just falls apart. It stands upon that. If, if Genesis isn't real history, then Jesus made mistakes in his arguments. And if he made mistakes in his arguments... Then how can he be God? That's what I want to know. Right, man. I I am so uh, I I just so love that you guys are doing what you're doing. Thank you so much for all your hard work and and the perseverance. I I too know what it's like to be in ministry, and uh, sometimes you're kind of like, Whew. okay, Lord, help me through this. <laughs> I gotta make this happen, right? But we you have guys days like that, don't we, Doctor? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> amen. Amen. You pray for me, and I'll pray for you. Okay. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> That's great. Well, guys, thank you so much for being on the air today. Uh, please uh, support ICR.org. Support these guys. They're going to be at Calvary Chapel Oceanside this upcoming Friday through Sunday. Uh, it's amazing. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Sure. Okay. Have a fantastic Saturday out there. We'll see you next week with Dr. Richard Weikert, the author of From Darwin to Hitler.
Did you miss part of today's program? Don't worry, we're committed to helping you get the info you need. Okay, that was dumb. But for real, visit educateforlife.com for podcasts and video recordings of the show and to sign up for the School of Unshakable Faith. Leave us your comments, compliments, questions, or concerns at 800-243-9719 or email kevcon at educateforlife.com. That's K-E-V-C-O-N at educateforlife.com. You will always be much more to me. Every day I wrestle with the voices that keep telling me I'm not right. But that's all. 